Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I thought it would be a good time to reset things, kind of let you know my background, where this podcast is going, kind of the history of what I do since this episode 1111. And so it's kind of like a reset episode, episode one again, but of course I have a thousand and a hundred and ten podcasts behind that. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I got started in the pool industry when I was 16 years old back in 1988. A family friend trained me. His name was Doug Ward and he had a service account in Orange County. He was a pretty innovative service professional. He was one of the first ones to be putting in the Aqualink systems in, in clients' accounts. And he was an, the ultimate professional. He wore a collared shirt, slacks, and I kind of modeled myself after him wearing slacks out there on the pool route and the collared shirts. And so I was 16. I started out doing pool service for him. And then I started working for a local company here in Upland, California. So I would get out of school. I was in the ROP program. I found out about this program at school. And one of my friends told me, hey, you can get out of school at noon and start working. And so I was like, okay, I think that's pretty cool. I can, you know, I needed the money and I wanted to work. And I didn't really care for high school. So I was, I joined the ROP program and I started leaving school at noon and going to work doing the pool route after school, which is around lunchtime when I left. And I would work to four or five o'clock in the evening Sometimes I'd work on Saturdays, and I really enjoyed doing the pools and doing the service. And a funny side story is when my ROP teacher went to go check on me. So he's interviewing the owner of the store, and, you know, he's talking about, the owner's talking about how great I am and all these things. And the the store the store manager or the person that worked in the store at the time, his name was David also. So my ROP teacher thought he was talking about me, but then he found out that I was actually out there doing pool service and you know, something that was not allowed back then. Even in 1988, there were some regulations. A 16-year-old driving around doing work was not qualified for the ROP program. And so um, he had, he talked to me. He's like, hey, you know, I have to give you a failing grade because you're doing work that's not something that we approve and and it's not something the state approves of. So I have to give you a D for the class. I didn't care at that that point. I, I just wanted to make money and work. So it's one of those things where it's always been in my nature to work and to, you know, I've been working since I was 16 years old, basically. And if you wanted to go back further, I was cutting neighbor's grass when I was younger, doing things to make money. And I've always been kind of business minded. So I haven't stopped since that time. And I'm 51 right now. And I've been in the industry since 1988. That's kind of my background, how I got started in the industry. I've worked for companies. I've had my own business. So I know both ends of it. I've done residential pools. I've done commercial pools. I've done just about everything out there. 
I call the time when I started the dark ages of pool service. There were no cell phones. We had pagers. There were payphones on every corner. And so if I needed to call a customer or the call in, I would go to a payphone and call. Now, the pagers were interesting because you can get away with, like, you know, sending a message or getting charged for it by putting certain code numbers in. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those eras where you really look back and wonder how we got anything done and how we ran businesses. I remember I was at a pool and I was trying to take the motor off and I couldn't get it off. And there's no one to call. There's no YouTube. And so I had to be innovative and I, I was able to rig something to get the final bolt off. But this is how we kind of worked back then. You had to think outside the box to do things. And it's one of those times when I think we should really appreciate the resources we have now. You know, we have YouTube, we have Facebook groups, we have coaching programs, you have mentors. I mean, help is just a cell phone call away in just about any situation. So we're very fortunate now to be in this modern era of pool service. And I find it funny when I hear people say that when they started out, you know, maybe five years ago, that they had no help, there was no resources in the industry. And to me, that's just laughable because you have way more resources in the last 10 years than you've ever had before. So I think it's one of those weird things when it's like, you know, someone who says that they started out and there was no one helping them. That's just not true compared to when I started out in 1988. There was actually no one helping me. And it's just the way the era was. I remember that one of the pool companies I worked for, I believe they were in Fontana, California. And his name, I remember his name too, Bruce Featherington was his name. And he was one of the first pool pros that I know of that used the trichlor dust in the in the barrels. He'd order 100-pound barrels of trichlor. And we would use this dust to treat pools with black algae to do green pool cleanups. And this, I think this predates Haas's Algeban. And we would use this powder. And we were like working miracles out there with this trichlor dust that was at the bottom of the barrels. And he was very innovative. Again, this is 1989, 1990. There was no nothing on the internet about it. There was no no information about granular trichlor and how it could really treat black algae and, and turn pools around. So this is the era that I came from where you had to think of things that just wasn't printed anywhere, written down anywhere, and no one really knew about this. Um, so I thought it was interesting that, you know, the cutting-edge pool pros back then just came up with things by accident or just by trying different things. I would say that my era is also the sodium bromide era, so we would treat algae with this particular product. There was really not much out there besides that. And it was one of those things where we had we used liquid chlorine, sodium bromide to treat algae. And really up until the maybe late 2000s, people would still be using the sodium bromide treatment. And the, all the old pools, all the old school pool guys wouldn't believe, didn't believe in phosphates or any other treatments. And it took a while for a lot of the old timers to come around that there are many different treatments for algae. And there are many other products you can use to make the chlorine more effective in the pool. I mean, this is the era where we had brass pumps. We had a lot of stainless steel filter tanks. All the D filters had a separation tank. The cartridge filters, when you opened up a cartridge filter, you had like 30 little cartridges stacked on top of each other. I'm not even sure how these filters worked or how effective they were. And this is kind of the era that I came from. Now you have 
you know, single cartridge filters that are the size of D filters. No one really knows what a separation tank is. You may see it on a Facebook group. Someone will post a picture of it and say, hey, what's this little tank by this D filter? I have no idea what it is. There's some kind of bag in there. And of course, that was to catch the, the DE when you cleaned it. It's just a real mess. And I don't think anyone should be complaining about the equipment we're using or the pool equipment pads or anything of that nature because we're really spoiled now compared to when I first started. And so a little bit about the podcast here. I've been doing this podcast since uh, July of 2017. That was the first, July 9th, 2017 was the first episode. I was kind of the pioneer in the podcast industry. Shortly after my podcast launched, the Pool Chaser started their podcast. And I've been on their show, I think, two or three times now. Uh, they're great guys, and I have, you know, I really don't see them as competition. In fact, I don't see anyone in the industry as competition. It's not anything out of arrogance, but it's just the fact that we're all here to help everyone in the industry. And there should be no competition at this level. If we're giving information to people, then we should all be getting along with each other. After the Pool Chasers, there were a couple other podcasts, and then uh, Rule Your Pool by Arenda came out, which is an Arenda podcast, which really gives you a lot of great information to you know maintain the pools out there on your route. And then there's the uh, I think Let's Talk Pools and Talking Pools podcast and Pool Nation podcast. I think they came out about the same time. I think Talking Pools podcast and Let's Talk Pools are a little more recent. The Pool Nation podcast are trying to build kind of a segment for the pool pro out there with the website, information, training, courses, things like that. So more power to them for trying to build that out. I haven't really tried to do that because I'm doing other things and building out something like that takes time. And to date, I have 1,111 podcasts, which is this episode here. So I have over 1,100 podcasts that you can listen to and go back and listen to different interviews with guests. I think I've pretty much interviewed most of the people in the industry today from Wayne Eifersetch, I think I got his name right, Rudy Stankiewicz, who is the host of Talking Pools. I have Terry Arco. I have many other, Harold, um, Harold Evans of Arenda. So there's tons of different interviews that I've done over the years with people in the industry. And I think you know, that's one of the things that people like is that I, I am pretty neutral. And I talk to everyone and I do have, of course, my preferences and my stance on things, but I like to keep an attitude of neutrality and let the guests kind of speak their part and tell the listeners about their product or their service. And I think that's what sets me apart from a lot of other uh, people out there. And to date, I, again, I have over a, a 1,100 podcasts. And there's close to 1.3 million downloads of my podcast show. So it makes it clearly the number one podcast out there. Although I don't promote it as that much and I don't go out there talking about it. And, you know, if other people claim to be number one, I don't really care if they want to claim to be number one. Uh, the numbers of my downloads don't lie. And then I also have a big YouTube following. I've been doing YouTube videos since March 2012. So that's 11 years on YouTube. I have over 1,200 videos on YouTube. And there's been, let's see, 58 million video views of my YouTube channel. And I have 114,000 subscribers. All this is organic. I haven't bought one view, one subscriber. 
and there are some other channels in the pool sector that has no problem buying views and, and buying subscribers. But I don't think that's really real. And you can spot a fake video pretty easily or a video where they purchase views and subscribers. There'll be like a huge amount of views with maybe 10 or 20 comments and they'll have like 8,000 likes. And you can tell that if you look at a normal YouTube video that has 50,000 views, you can see that the likes are anywhere near the ones that they purchased. And the comments section usually has hundreds of comments in it. So there's no really need to buy views and subscribers, in my opinion. If you build organically, people are going to watch the videos. Besides that, you know, it's one of those things where you're really fake at that point. Just like buying Instagram followers or Facebook followers. I just don't think you're a real person or you're, you're a real entity when you do that. Everything that I do is organic, grown from the ground up. All my Facebook um, you know, likes are real. All my Instagram followers are real. That's why my numbers are lower than a lot of other people because I haven't really gone out there and farmed any Instagram followers. I don't believe that you should do that. And I think that just gives people the false impression that you're bigger than you actually are. I think if you want to be big, then of course, do things right and grow organically. If you want people to listen to your podcasts or watch your videos, just put them out there and let people find them. And I think buying likes, subscribers, followers, it's just not something that I would do. And I would say it's a little unethical because again, you're just showing yourself to be something bigger than you're not. And if you're getting sponsors by doing that, I mean, the sponsors are being deceived. So definitely, I would say if you are going into the social media aspect of things, I would do it correctly and grow organically. And the same thing with your business. You've seen many pool services that have a lot of fake Yelp reviews and a lot of fake Google reviews. And to me, that just shows a level of dishonesty that I wouldn't want this person serving in my pool if all the reviews are fake. And if that's how you want to start your business or, or you think you're going to grow your business that way, I just think that it's just not an ethical way to do things. But hey, I'm probably old school and, you know, I'm probably thinking and looking at things differently because, you know, I think that you should be a person of integrity, which is a whole person. You should be the same person wherever you're at and your actions should reflect that. And I think if you're not, things will bleed out in different areas of your life and people will see that you're just kind of faking it out there. Another passion of mine is to make sure that you as a pool professional have some kind of retirement plan or some kind of way to sustain yourself after you, you finish with your service because you can't clean pools forever. I look at it more or less like you're an athlete out there and most athletes retire in their 30s and 40s. There's some that push it like um, Tom Brady that go even longer than they're supposed to. But your body can only take so much. They can, it can only take so much exposure to the chemicals, to the sun out there. I can't tell you how many pool pros have skin cancer problems. And so you have to think of ways to utilize your income now so that you would have passive income later, which is basically your money, making money for you without you doing much work. And right now with your pool service, since you can scale it, and that's the beauty of pool service, you can scale it up to where you can make huge amounts of income without putting in huge amounts of hours. I always like to say it like this. If you're a police officer, you can work overtime and probably double your salary, but then you're working 80 hours a week and you're working way too much. And if you're doing pool service, you can actually scale your money up and double your money by bringing in an employee 
or by expanding other services without adding any hours to your day. And so which is better? I definitely think pool service is much better for scaling your income. And with that scalable income, the extra money you make every year and profit, you should be investing it or thinking of ways to invest it so that in the future when you can't go out there and service pools or we don't want to go out there anymore and service pools, you have some other source of income. One of the the drawbacks of being self-employed is that you really have no retirement plan, no pension, and so you have to do it yourself. So I talk a lot about investing in real estate and how to build passive income through rental properties. And I think that's probably the best for the pool service pro because you deal with people all the time. You're good at customer service. If you're running a successful business, you're good at customer service. And that translates really easy when you're dealing with realtors, when you're purchasing a property, when you're dealing with the owner selling the property. And then ultimately when you're dealing with tenants later, you have that built-in customer service attitude already, which makes you a great prospective landlord because basically you're doing customer service with the tenant. You want to make sure they're happy and that they're going to pay the rent on time. And I really laugh at some of these uh, properties that, you know, that were previously owned and how they kind of ran things and how they treated the tenants. But I take a step back and I always think, well, they probably have no customer service experience and that's why they do things the way they did it. And if as a pool service professional, You should know how to treat your clients and your tenant is your client. And so I think you have a built-in advantage over any other uh, person that wants to be a landlord. And I think you also have an advantage of finding properties because you should know your city really well. You're going to know which streets are the best, which areas you want to stay away from. And all that translates into someone who should be investing in real estate at some point with the extra money you're, you're making as you scale your business. This is probably not the best environment to invest. Well, there's really no good time or no bad time to invest because if you buy a property now, you're going to pay more with a higher interest rate, but you're going to get a better price on it because prices are down. And if you wait till interest rates drop again, then the prices will go up. So it's one of those things where you got to just figure out what's the best for you. And there's lots of great resources out there for real estate. I think biggerpockets.com and their podcasts are great. And that's probably the number one resource I would refer you to if you're thinking about investing. They have also a lot of books that you can read. But you should be doing something with the income you're making so that later when you can't work, your money will be working for you. And so I plan on producing more podcasts, of course, daily podcasts, doing videos on YouTube, and just continue what I'm doing um, for the foreseeable future. And I have no plans to step away from what I'm doing. And I hope you enjoy the content I put out there. I hope that the downloads reflect that. And I hope you tune into my YouTube channel, subscribe over there. And I think that the content I put out is helpful. And of course, your feedback lets me know that if it is or not. And I think so far it's been overwhelmingly positive feedback on YouTube and on the podcast. So I hope you continue listening. And so this is kind of the podcast reset with episode 1111. Of course, if you're looking for other podcast episodes, the ones that I mentioned, the 1,110 episodes, you go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, there's a podcast icon. Click on that, and then you can listen to the other episodes at your leisure. If you're interested in my coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Show.
Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.